Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. Today we're very excited to have Ajinkya on the show. So Ajinkya is the senior executive of uh, investments and research in ASA Ventures. We really struggled saying <laughs> that. Uh, so this is basically take three of that. But anyway, um, so we're very excited about this show because Ajinkya is going to He's attended several pitches and he's going to tell us top 10 mistakes that founders do when pitching their business to VCs. So let's start a little bit with your background. Tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I grew up in Dubai. I've been super used to the ecosystem here. I got really interested into startups when I was graduating uni. So I spent a little time at Magnet as an intern uh, for I think two months. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to this venture capital firm, ASA Ventures. And since then, it's been really interesting. We go through three to four startup pitches on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. I think topic super appropriate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, we're very excited uh, about this episode. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys don't know, Magnet is uh, this uh, website platform where startups can list different things like what they're doing, how yeah. much they've raised. Uh, connect with other uh, team members and yeah, stuff, so yeah. it's very entrenched in the startup ecosystem yeah, as well. Got a it's like Crunchbase. Yeah, kind of like Crunchbase for the Middle East. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now you're you decided to get to, into venture capital, right? Yeah. So ASA Ventures is a VC firm. We've been around for fifteen years. We started off in Portugal, and then we've sort of headquartered Dubai since two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've spread in different economies: India, Pakistan, KSA, UAE, okay. Portugal, and etc. Okay. Uh, we sort of do something that's very common in the US, but not so much in the UAE. It's mm-hmm. sort of an operational model. So okay. we do our monetary investment, but on top of that, we support every startup in an operational manner where we sort of take up some of their operations. We understand that entrepreneurs are not going to be an expert if they're expected to be, but they're not more likely than not, they're not going to be an expert of things like logistics and warehouses and sort of uh, coding some some entrepreneurs probably not mm-hmm. so we sort of we have our own teams which take up those responsibilities like we do some for lots of startups we do their marketing development uh, we you know take up their logistics if they mm-hmm. need to if lots of their operational operational aspects mm-hmm. uh, lots of their development yeah customer management for a lot of them mm-hmm. uh, so that's the model we follow in on top of the monetary investment we also do sort of an operational investment where it's so, it makes it quicker for the startup to turn around and become profitable right. okay because there are actual experts who do this for on a day-to-day basis handling right. this whereas it's not an entrepreneur who's learning it off Google and then trying to implement it and learning mm. in the process so you're like an accelerator uh, a, a combination of, of it's not an accelerator it's the term the VC term for it is an operational partner okay okay so there are two types there's money there's monetary VCs not mm. that's not the term but that's a classification of VCs and then mm. there's operational VCs which mm. sort of do all of it and right. the monetary VCs just sort of invest money and uh, do it that way so yeah. there aren't many in this region not many in the UAE okay. uh, but it's a very common model in US and it's okay. sort of the private equity model where okay. uh, a company is being invested in and then the private equity firm sort of handles their that company as a whole as their own baby Mm -hmm. Uh, so it makes it easier for the startups as well with ASA Mm because as soon as they come on board as their portfolio company they have access to all these resources for sort of Mm. no cost and it's just 
investment on top of investment. So there's money and then all of this operations. All the resources. Yeah. Okay. So that that That's helps really cool. them out a lot, and I mean it works for both of us. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the biggest issues in this market is recruitment and hiring. Yeah. And yeah. You can speed up that whole exactly. process. Yeah. So, so uh, we're going to leave all the links to ASA Ventures in uh, the show notes and the description of the YouTube video, whichever way you're watching it. So mm-hmm. you can check out what they do in more detail and see some of the companies that they've invested in. Uh, so today we're going to do a top 10 list, mm-hmm. right, of uh, the biggest mistakes that people make mm-hmm. when yep. they pitch to VCs. And of course, he's seen a lot of pitches. <laughs> so, um, so let's get Let's get it. started. Yeah. What's the number one mistake? I think that number one make. is probably the length of people's pitches. Like some just go on and on, and they lo- they themselves are lost, and the investors lost, and they don't know what's going on, and the investors sort of lost focus, lost interest. We no one knows, you know, what the idea is, what the problem is. It's all, it's all scattered. So I think missing out on that timeline and missing out on that flow. So mm. it it really needs to be problem, the need for a solution, the solution, and then what do you need? investments partnership whatever so okay. it really Great. needs to be in those four buckets and it should be quick just either if you're not a good speaker just make it to the point these four buckets if you're a good speaker then you should be able to tie all of them in yeah and sort of uh, it should be seamless if you're not if you're a good speaker but if you're not it's mm-hmm. okay to sort of just make four buckets and have it straight up like this is the problem this is why we need a solution this is our solution and this is what we need to implement it Okay. Um, we actually did an episode of what your pitch deck needs to include, mm-hmm. as well as uh, how to make your elevator pitch, mm-hmm. and uh, we link to that episode. To yeah. We can't link to that episode because we don't have a video of that episode. It was well, one we of the link first. To the podcast, we yeah. link to the podcast. Yeah. yeah, I think I've heard that one. Yeah. That's when I started listening. <laughs> okay. Yay. Okay. So, um, uh, what do you think is the ideal length for a pitch? Uh, really depends on the business, but I would say no more than five, four to five minutes. Four to five minutes. Okay. Yeah, because you need to leave because the investors or the or a VC firm is naturally going to have a lot of questions. Yeah. So you, it's okay to sort of leave questions on their table and sort of let them do the work of asking them to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to use your four five minutes because that's sort of the attention span you will have anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's your first now when we talk about pitch, it's the first meeting. It's the first time you're seeing these guys. You just really need to be, you know, you really need them to be interested. Right. You're not sort of trying to explain the third line of your 200,000 line code. You right. just want to sort of get them on board and get their interest. Mm. So, uh, yeah, four to five minutes, just just get them interested. Let them have questions. So okay. usually when a VC has questions, has like tough questions for you, mm-hmm. it usually is a sign of interest. Not always, but it can be considered a, a sign of interest. Yeah. yeah, or they want to see if you're scary as yeah. well, right? No. <laughs> they really want to test the entrepreneurs. There. Yeah, yeah. So when we meet entrepreneurs at events, we sort of ex- uh, exchange business cards and it goes on to emails uh, and they send over their pitch deck. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these pitch decks are too long. Like we've had 40, 50, 60 page pitch decks, mm-hmm. which okay. are just really difficult to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just sort of filled with information that's not necessary in mm-hmm. first, 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 for the first time. So if you ever sort of, as an entrepreneur, meet a, meet an investor or a VC or an angel, whatever, mm-hmm. um, I think it's best to send like a quick snapshot, a one or two page thing, or if you don't want to go through the trouble or if your pitch deck looks great, if you worked hard on your pitch deck, uh, just send that across, 
10, 20 slides. Uh, 20 slides? Yeah. I mean, some 20 is okay if you've got an elaborate. I think the Ijar Kar one's like 26. Our, no, no. It's not that long. It, was that this long one then? So, so I have a pitch deck that's like 10 slides. Okay. And then I have another deck oh, which that's is the one longer. Yeah. So when somebody expresses interest in the first yeah. deck, yeah. then when they want more details, I send the yeah. second one. So uh, that's how usually I do it. But I think even the 10 slides is... Like, I think 10 slides is about a yeah, good exactly. number. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't cross 15 slides, maybe, probably. Yeah, 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 I agree. And I think it's a good idea to have versions of your pitch deck, yeah. right? Yeah. So, we actually have three. So, one is for press, which mm-hmm. is just super quick snapshot. So... Um, if there's any publication that's interested in writing a press release mm-hmm. about a jar car, then all the mandatory information is there, right. two pages, that's okay. it. Yeah. One for when you've had a very short introduction mm-hmm. at an event, and then a longer one for when, a slightly longer one for when you're presenting. Right. Yeah. Um, so we think it's better to, to do a couple variations mm-hmm. of your pitch mm-hmm. deck. Yeah, so when I'm presenting, that one's a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one where we just send an email, that's a shorter right. one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Another Always interesting... leave them wanting more. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting one I came across was this just made life so much easier was this one entrepreneur would send us, you know, his pitch deck or his financials or whatever document. Mm-hmm. And he'd always send a voice note in the email along with it, okay. explaining it and walking you through it. Oh, that's it, was, it was really convenient. Like at first, I thought, "Oh, it's a little weird." Why it's he, a gimmick? Or something. Yeah, why is he like sort of voice noting me? And yeah. then when I like sort of had the pitch deck or the financials on one screen and the audio playing in my earphones, it was really convenient. Like I didn't think it would help so much. That is that is very it's sort of, good idea. Yeah. yeah, it takes away the fact that you have to you know use your brain to connect everything because he's walking you through it through the story. Yeah, yeah. and it, it feels weirdly personal because they're talking to you and like you're seeing it i think for you guys as well uh you you come across so many pitch decks i think the whole idea of someone doing it a little bit differently also stands out and then if it works if it makes your life easier when you're reviewing the pitch then it really stands out right Yeah. yeah So on yeah. top of your pitch itself, I think the second point, the second really important point is your pitch deck and what's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people make them too long or, you know, make them just text heavy. It's just walls of text after walls of text, like mm-hmm. your research and your problem statement. It's all just text. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gets really difficult to read through those things sometimes. And like it's, it's difficult to sort of uh, keep track and understand from the perspective the entrepreneur has written it. Because mm-hmm. uh, the investor is obviously reading it, you know, just without any context, context. they're just right. reading just, mm-hmm. they're just reading text uh, so I think having figures and having sort of interactive videos or a quick demo of the app or a link to the demo or a link to the website mm-hmm. uh, and just making it more you know uh, less text heavy not more, more sexy yeah yeah just just yeah. something you want to see right yeah. not like don't put visually appealing yeah don't put comic yeah. sans in there and like <laughs> rainbow colors does that uh, happen like, to people I've, with... I've seen one <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> We've seen a few with like someone writing through us T H R U. Oh my god! Some some of texts are just ridiculous. (laughs) Oh my god, that is crazy. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do a shameless little plug here, but at Yellow, uh, because a lot of our clients are startups, Mm -hmm. um, we actually have clients coming to us to help us write their pitch deck. 
mm-hmm. um, when they're meeting with investors mm-hmm. or when they're attending competitions and things. So if you can't do it yourself mm-hmm. and you don't want to pay Yellow to do it, uh, then find a friend to do it, <laughs> you know. But if you want Yellow to do it, leave us a voice message on Anchor. Yeah. Also, um, I think uh, one more thing is don't send your financials in like PDF. If okay. it's projections, do not send it in PDFs. If it's actuals, if it's a statement, then that's still understandable. Mm-hmm. But if it's projections, do not send it in PDF. Because uh, what happens in a VC, VC firm is that the analyst will probably try to reorganize those numbers and okay. analyze and sort of, you know, there's calculations that go into mm. it. Right. So having a PDF, will you'll just get hate from the analyst because <laughs> they're like, I'm not yeah. Because you, re- you have to do the exercise of typing those numbers and then yeah. analyzing them. I have a question though if you've just met a VC Mm -hmm. at an event and you're sending them your pitch deck should you share the financials without an NDA in place Mm, it's it's up to the entrepreneur okay I mean we as we ASA Ventures we are open to someone sending across an NDA and we get that we we sort of respect that privacy but there are some there are times when investors aren't too keen because okay. sort of VCs go through a lot of business ideas right. or usually what will happen is the what sometimes happens with us is we're like you know uh, we'll send our NDA and mm-hmm. then that covers both of us mm-hmm. uh, what why why VCs don't want to go through NDAs is because they see like so many ideas that yeah, how they many don't want, NDAs they, they don't want potential conflict not just not just how many NDAs they just don't want to be they don't want that sort of exposure yeah it's still right. okay in the UAE this is a big deal in the US where mm-hmm. anyone can sue anyone yeah, in the exactly. UAE it's still a bit more it's fine it's, it's a way. bit more lax yeah, yeah. yeah. I think a third vital um, addition to sort of your pitch or your first time meeting meeting mm-hmm. and meeting a VC uh, is having a demo mm-hmm. so it just adds a different dimension to from your pitch decks and your problem statement. It just adds a third dimension where uh, it gives you a, it gives the investor a real life understanding of the problem and a real life understanding of your solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, one cool thing I think I've noticed uh, even Siddharth does this with Ellie who came in the previous yeah. episode. Yala Pekka. Yeah. First time I met him, it was he just pulls out a phone and shows me the app and shows me how it's working. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even with Siddharth, he's he pulls. I know that he pulls out his phone mm-hmm. and shows the website and yeah. so, shows. That works yeah. and that makes a huge difference and especially if it's a company where it's a you know service where they, they're simplifying another process uh, those demos are like mind-blowing because yeah. uh, if it's not just a website and app uh, and it's like a process it mm. sort of gets you food in five minutes and you show that demo it blows your mind yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. yeah it's the same as Zomato like if I tell you you can just place an order from an app it's uh, it's, whatever. it's different for sure so when yeah. you do it and you feel the convenience happening in front of you that yeah. just makes it totally totally new experience yeah but with the demo like you have to make sure it works though. Yeah. make sure to, it yeah. works I've seen a lot of demos fail that yeah. is awful if it doesn't that work is, it's tough yeah for Ijar Kar, uh, when we send the pitch through and Sid hasn't had an opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, show show the the awesome user experience yeah. uh, on his phone, then we also have a video which plays... Yeah, we have a video, demo video. Yeah. yeah. I think like if you're not 100% sure of your product, it's better mm-hmm. to do a video. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, instead of doing a live demo, you do a, a stage demo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least that way you know that yeah. the demo is going to go smooth. Yeah. But yeah, nothing like doing a live demo. Yeah, at like equity it's really impressive, room, right? At Equity Room, that's what we did with colleagues. Just, <laughs> we were sort of backstage and we it sort of struck to us that, yeah. you know, adding a live element to this would be really cool for the demo. Yeah. yeah. So we clicked on the tie. Of, uh, 
some of the investors and mm. we put that into our demo and luckily it worked out yeah, yeah. I mean, we we weren't really scared about the demo we were just scared if the whole speaker would be audible on the speakers and all of that yeah it, there, there is that chance element right yeah, yeah. as much as you rehearse exactly yeah, technically so, something could yeah. go wrong yeah. but if it goes right it's just amazing it, it, it is amazing always, it always works yeah um ajinkya was pitching uh, colics yep. in uh, the equity room and we've done an episode on the equity room as well and it's very complimentary for jinkya <laughs> because we spoke about how uh, the pitch went well the live demo was great yeah. but we also spoke about uh, how well the questions were tackled yeah, yeah. um and how it was a it was a really fun dance to <laughs> to to watch so good job on that so i think um the fact that you've witnessed a lot of pitches yeah. um definitely probably has yeah. an impact on yeah. when you are pitching so also when you pitch your mindset as an entrepreneur definitely needs to be a mindset of you know it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. i know yeah. it matters it, yeah. it matters but let's go out guns blazing you need to yeah you do need to fake aspects okay i don't want to say fake but you do need to sort of make up that imagine you had that this sure. does not matter so yeah. you're not as nervous are you cuz the stress will kill you yeah the stress will just yeah. kill you and it and it shows i think yeah. like if you're yeah. too stressed out yeah. or if you're too uh nervous about it it definitely comes yeah. across in your pitch yeah. yeah yeah i think the best pitches i've seen at least out in the office have been just people just chilling and sitting down and just talking about yeah. their business idea it, mm. it's never been like the best pitches i've seen aren't standing slide one and, yeah slide one yeah uh, i mean yeah. if that works for someone that's fine but the best ones but these people the best ones i've seen have been great at conversation mm-hmm. uh, which is why the bias but if if standing up in slide one works for you then go with that mm-hmm. yeah uh, but yeah it needs to be it's something that needs to be rehearsed a lot and a lot with different types of people because yeah. different types of people perceive it differently mm-hmm. uh, so it's something you, it's it sort of needs to be at it it should be like a fixed like before i pitched for the equity room it was so i had the whole thing sort of so internalized that i could start whenever mm. and it would be the exact thing exact same thing every time yeah. so you just need to re- rehearse it again and again if it's not conversational if it is yeah. then yeah. lucky you yeah. yeah um even in our conversation with ellie from uh, yellow pickup that's yeah. what we spoke about it's practice. just about practicing yep. it like crazy yep. and practicing it to the point that where you can just go at any yeah, time yeah. but also when you do go and you know do your pitch mm-hmm. it almost seems spontaneous mm-hmm. but it's it's not it's it's, not, it's, yeah, it's just exactly. so much rehearsal exactly. so. number 4 is i think the entrepreneurs need to do a lot of research on the investor or the vc that they're approaching and okay. sort of, if possible come up with an exit strategy that you know sort of caters to them specifically mm. now uh, that's something interesting uh, that you're saying because i've heard the two things like uh, i've heard like investors don't like entrepreneurs who are already looking to exit their business mm-hmm. uh, and i've also heard that like you should have some idea of what your potential exit might be for your investors yeah, yeah. so that's like contradictory advice so what do you what do you think about that like i think it should be exit for the investors you don't want to highlight your exit as an entrepreneur you right. want to okay. highlight an exit potential exit for the for but the, but do you feel like investors might think like okay you're just building this business to for exit it, for exit purpose and not to grow it into like a big company or 
you know, like a potential IPO or, you know. As in a VC mindset, they will have an exit already in plan if they're yeah. going to invest with yeah, you. Yeah, because how many, I mean, that's why they're investing, right? To, to, I guess an IPO is also is a form so, of exit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. But also an IPO is, is so rare. In this region, yeah. In yeah. this region that I feel like that that's not a point of consideration. I don't think the ecosystem is there yet. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think it's still at a point where sort of entrepreneurs can show the investor that there are possible collaborations in this business. And right. investors can, maybe the investor is not even thinking along those lines. And because uh, you mentioned the point, uh, the investor would realize that, oh, hey, wait, actually, this, you know, this, this could sense. work and this would be profitable for me. Or even if it's not profitable for them, they might just want to help you out. What, um, what about profitable businesses? Like what do you, like companies that can potentially... Uh, you know, earn profit. Mm-hmm. Um, what about those companies? Do they also have to have an exit strategy? I'm, I'm just asking. Mm, depends. I mean, now this is where your research on the investor comes in. If your investor research shows up that, you know, it's an investor who wants in now in one or two years, mm-hmm. then yeah, sure. Highlight the exit strategy, highlight what potential options the exit, uh, the investor may have. But if it's, if it's a VC where they sort of uh, willing to support you beyond uh, just a monetary investment mm-hmm. so in a, a model like ASA then I think it should it it, it should it, be more long it should term. be more of a strategic partnership or you know mm-hmm. a partnership a strate- that helps you grow as yeah. opposed to an exit strategy right so uh, yeah do it's you, just your investor research that you do prior to meeting someone do you okay. think it's better to know what your exit strategy is based on the investor you're meeting but leave that out of your deck and yeah, I think only it's good if you're thing. asked is is when you volunteer that information yeah. because like Sid said mm-hmm. uh, it is true that some of them I mean of course a lot of investors would be keen to know what your exit strategy is but some of them may think that that exit strategy is 10 years from now yeah. rather than 4 yeah. so is, is it better to leave that out of the deck then? I think it's something that's good for you to have thought of as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur it's something you need to do from mm-hmm. day one uh, but usually a VC will sort of ask you mm-hmm. if they don't see, if it's not obvious for most startups, it's pretty obvious. It's going to be sold off to a bigger company or it's going to go to an IPO. Yeah. But if it's not obvious then, uh, and you're asked, it's good to have an answer instead of sort of being asked what's your exit strategy and you're just like, oh, we can do this and that and that. Okay. Uh, it helps to have an answer. I think as an entrepreneur, you need to think about it yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like yeah. you need to know like at what point you'll be profitable and how you could potentially exit. Yep. Those two things you mm-hmm. should know anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, any VC is looking for the exit, right? Yep. Number five would probably be over or unrealistic valuations or overvalued companies. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think entrepreneurs sort of really need to either, okay, first of all, your valuation, I know this is not every entrepreneur's expertise and that's okay, but uh, your valuation at least needs to be supported by facts. Mm-hmm. A lot of entrepreneurs sort of make assumptions like, oh, there, there are 10 million people in the U- in UAE. If we get even 10% of that, we'll have 1 million users. Mm-hmm. And then 1 million users will pay us 10 dirhams each. And then, oh, we're making 10 million dirhams Oh my God. So, no, that that yeah. sort of an assumption does not work. Because mm-hmm. what are the chances? It's it's possible, but it's not plausible. Yeah. Nor mm-hmm. is it probable. And how, do yeah. you get, how, do you, uh, how will you get those 1 million? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. What's your so, route to market? Yeah. All those things. I mean, it can make sense in a conversation with your friend. Yeah. But when you're pitching to an investor, do not sort of stick to this being yeah. your only assumption. Mm-hmm. I think uh, most entrepreneurs, including myself, I made that mistake 
stage. Yeah. Like, where you just be like, oh, this is the number of people yeah. that come. One percent. If you get one percent, then yeah. it's enough. But yeah. to get to that one percent is extremely hard. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I think valuation is a very interesting yeah. topic and potentially worth an episode on yeah. its own as well. Yeah. But very quickly, what things should you consider when you are? Okay, so when you value your company, the yeah. first thing you need to ask yourself, or when you're done with the evaluation, this is this is something that comes from uh, one a professor I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to ask yourself if your valuation is possible, probable, and plausible. Okay. So it's it's there is a high chance that it's very probable, mm-hmm. but when you go get on to the next two, you sort of cut down your chances of mm-hmm. it happening. If mm-hmm. if your valuation is sufficient to answer all of these all three of these, mm-hmm. then it's probably fair. Okay. Uh, but get it checked. Get it get, again. Like I said, would ASA check it for? Yeah, we we always do sort of mm. a second valuation to your valuation. Mm. Right. We never take valuations for face. In fact, at any investor, yeah, no investor takes yeah. them at face value. Uh, that's what the team is for, and that's what these guys are sort of. They they're educated, not educated. They're sort of trained to, to do this. Mm. Their education has been focused on just. Two or three of these things. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, having valuations supported by facts. Having okay, so evaluation will be based on assumptions, and that's okay. But your assumption, each assumption needs to be backed by two or three facts at the minimum. Okay. Right. You can't just be making up assumptions. If yeah. you are making, if if you're doing an assumption, back that up by fact with facts, right. research, statistics. Speak mm-hmm. to people. Speak to industry experts. Speak to whoever you need to. But. Your assumptions should yeah. be more or less accurate. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based uh, on logic, not based on logic, like not just like, just like <laughs> yep, 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 yep. yep. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Great. And also, then there's times where some companies are valued based on virality. The, the, that That's just crazy. Just what do you mean based on virality? So it's just like oh, everyone if, will share my business. Yeah, if it idea. works, if it works, then everyone's gonna do it. My video will get you know three million views. That sort of a mindset. <laughs> yeah, just doesn't work. Where yeah, oh, we're doing this. Um, That's not predictable at all. So we're doing this. It's impossible. We we we're copying this business from the US and like there's ten million people using it there, so there'll at least be two million people using it here. No, mm. not gonna work. Yeah. We had one startup who sort of justified their valuation using another company's valuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this, but in the same market, I think in the same, not in the same market, market is okay. No, not in the no. same market. Mm. It works when these are established companies. So if you are mm. determining the valuation of Adidas by comparing it to Nike, now okay, these are very different examples. But mm-hmm. okay, if you take car company A and car company B, let's say BMW and Merck, and you mm. compare the valuations, that's okay because they've mm. existed for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you do it with startups, it was yeah. So if, you can't say I'm yeah. going to create the Instagram of the world. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Each yeah. one's each one's gonna have its own valuation, and you sort of can't use that comparables method. Yes, after Series A, Series B, after you're mm. making profits and you have proper operational costs, but definitely it's not fair, seed round. But not seed round when it's an idea, mm. you really can't compare it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good one. Cool. All right. So, what's the next point? Number six. Uh, I think failing to address potential risks. Uh, what happens is when entrepreneurs sort of spend days and nights working on their product and working on their startup they sort of have these uh, rose-colored glasses and they fail to see you know very obvious risks sometimes and sometimes not so obvious and that's fair yeah but uh, at least the obvious ones you want to know them you want to have them internalized you want to have a fix for them you want to have a way around now don't mention them in your pitch deck mention a few if you want to the not so serious ones but if mm. there are serious ones then 
just keep them to yourself mm. uh but just know that vcs and investors go through startups 3 4 5 6 maybe a day so they mm. probably know that these risks are there okay. uh, so it's good for the entrepreneurs to have them prepare have an answer prepared because mm. they will ask you a vc or an investor will yeah. ask you more more likely than not uh so have an answer prepared whenever sort of one one of those comes up so just uh, for the sake of clarification for the audience what do you mean by risks like could you give an example so things that would sort of hurt your business for example if you're um okay let's say let's talk about colix mm. now one of the one of a, pot- a potential risk to colix so colix is uh, basically a customer management solution where mm-hmm. individuals answering your calls uh, smes calls right. than AV- ai or ipr uh, mm. it sort of makes it more personalized it allows for emotion and urgency it makes it easier to deal with uh, your customers and they're more mm-hmm. satisfied etc uh so in a potential risk for this business is ai where google did the thing with the right. voice so uh how we addressed it in our pitch at the mm-hmm. even in general uh is we looked at data on what people prefer and mm-hmm. we found that 85% of the people prefer speaking to a human really mm-hmm. only 85% yeah, exactly. i would think it would be higher than that <laughs> no i think that sounds fair yeah. you yeah. Pre- you prefer talking to a computer Well, I think that Google's demo of it was duplex. Right? I, so now, yeah, but like if you throw a even marginally complex question to a computer, yes. they're not going to be able to answer. Yeah. It, yes, so, yeah. I agree. I mean, okay, actually, yeah, you, I would I would say bank? higher because I hate talking to. Siri. Is your is your bank Amazon BD? Yes. Have you called them? Never. Neither does the bank. They have. They have an AI. Yeah. Uh, have you gone through? And it's a bit frustrating. Oh man, yeah. dude, it's the worst. You just want to like. <laughs> oh, so is it thing. like yes? You said no. Yes. <laughs> you said no. Is it's it like that? Yes. Oh no. Shall we like? What do you want to do? Do you want to check your bank statement? And then you'll say yes. Check my bank statement, and be like, oh. Could you repeat that? <laughs> you know, just like so annoying. Yeah, dude, I changed my bag because of that nonsense. Seriously, I, I went through the pain of changing my bag because of this. Oh, well, that's a shame because yeah. I do love that bank. So, <laughs> but I guess he does all the bank kicks, so I don't. Yeah, do. it's, 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 they've got good customer service. Yeah, yeah. And you really like sort of you know so, addressing yeah, so addressing those just through either research or uh, a potential. solution that can be implemented yeah. uh, so another on top of the research another sort of uh, solution to that problem with colix is we ourselves are looking at ai to you know take okay. the load off our agents but if it's a <laughs> non emotion or urgency inducing call right. if it's just like oh i want to book an appointment at 8:30 right. that ai does great right ai yeah. is great for that but if it's Oh, I lost my bank account, bank card, and it's near. Or I'm traveling, I'm traveling. I'm traveling to the US. What do I do? And I'm not yeah. a resident, and I'm a right, tourist. Yeah. And then AI is like, dude, yeah. human. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, in in situations of that sort, humans are sort of more useful. So that's that's the sort of risks I'm talking about, where you know it's there, mm. but and the investor will ask you. Right. You just need to have an answer. Right. You don't need yeah. to. fix it you don't need to address it you don't need to uh, the investor doesn't want to know if you can fix it or not the investor just wants to know if you thought aware. about it you're yeah. aware yeah. uh and you're so, still willing to go against it so if, like for jarkar the question i get asked a lot is um, like don't you think like autonomous cars are growing mm-hmm. and uh, isn't that a potential risk or like uber yeah. is going to be uh, coming and um, you know that's uh, like a people's car ownership is mm-hmm. going to go down yeah 
which I agree with. You know, I think that's going to happen, and I think that's why people will probably rent more often. Yeah. Uh, you know, than because like for your day to day commute, you might use Uber, yeah. but like the minute you need to go out of town, you probably yeah. have to self drive or. Yeah. And I think autonomous cars are at least ten to fifteen twenty yeah. years away. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, mm-hmm. I think. Number seven would be uh, not having your vital metrics. Okay. Sometimes These entrepreneurs, are? CPA, LTV, depends what your startup is now. Okay. Uh, yeah. But usually... Let, under, let's under, explain them. Yeah. So, so cost per acquisition. Cost per acquisition, lifetime value, mm-hmm. uh, sort of your spend, your typical human resources spend, so the salaries that you're paying out, mm-hmm. the operational costs, uh, your burn rate, understanding... Yeah. Your cash flow, when mm-hmm. cash comes in, when cash goes out, what might be a potential risk in terms of your financials. Mm-hmm. Uh, understanding these things is vital. You really need sort of these answers on your fingertips, at least CPL, TV, right. your burn rate and mm-hmm. your HR operational expenses. But these are all assumptions at this stage, correct? Or are they based Not on... Not necessarily. It depends. Sometimes, I mean, it depends where, where you are. In your business. I mean, your cost might not be an assumption because yeah. that's something you can figure out. But your CPA might not be you know uh, accurate yeah. right now yeah but yeah. yeah so we had one startup who had a cpa based on nine customers okay. that and, is stupid and it was just like why are you Can even telling why you why are you even like sort of approaching a vc it's way too early yeah. right. it's been what one and a half month you've started your business just mm-hmm. take your time come back to us mm-hmm. in two or three months time and then we can look at it mm-hmm. but uh just these numbers sort of need to be just off off your fingertips it, mm-hmm. it can't be oh i can check and tell you because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of investors will make decisions on the spot like if your C- cpa is too high yeah. some investors probably like no this is just mm-hmm. burning cash burning sense. a lot of cash mm-hmm. and some vcs want to do that some don't yeah yeah is is it okay to say the range that your cpa is especially for seasonal businesses yeah something like a jar car is very seasonal yeah. so in December, our cost per acquisition is a lot lower because of the amount of tourists that yeah. are here. Yeah. Um, but in May, mm-hmm. it goes a little bit higher. So is it okay to yeah. give a range yeah. and explain that? Yeah. I guess it's a, a average customer acquisition cost. You yeah. Put that, right? Also, it's do. okay to sort of give a CPA that's current and say that, oh, it can be as good as this, this? Yeah. if we have, you know, X number of customers or if we, right. you know, yeah. or if we scale up our address exactly. to Exactly. Level. So yeah. that sort of gives the investor, oh, he just needs, you know, more customers. Yeah. It's not that his marketing is bad. It's yeah. just that the business is not big enough to sort of cover that cost yet. Right. So uh, it's good. It's okay to sort of have a bad CP at the moment. I mean, it's mm. a startup. It's expected yeah. uh, when it's, when it's on the earlier state side, mm-hmm. uh, but it's okay sort of. It's it's good to justify that, okay? You know, it can be that much lower. Yeah. Mm. It's good to have. Uh, it 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 portrays that you've understood your business and you've thought about this. You thought okay. about the CPA. Okay. Yeah. Number eight, I think another thing that's important is your attitude when you pitch. You okay. again, like I said before, you don't want to be stressed out. You don't want to think that okay, this is the last investor I will ever meet. <laughs> right. He is gonna save my life. He's mm. my god don't have entrepreneurs shouldn't have that sort of mindset because mm-hmm. that will just stress you out and once you stress out you sort of edgy and you, one difficult question and you, that's it yeah. which is going to go down mm-hmm. so uh, don't be stressed out just be relaxed be calm it's okay it's mm-hmm. it's another pitch that's yeah. so that's something that comes when you rehearse a lot when you when you go to a, it's it's the same way it's i think a parallel you can draw is networking 
the more yeah. you do it it just becomes it's easy, easy. Yeah. yeah and yeah um, definitely yeah. he's very good at networking i'm all right <laughs> um but but he's always networking and he's mm-hmm. always pitching so i think that just that's what makes it easier you know mm-hmm. then it's not daunting to go up to a stranger and like you work so hard on your yeah. startup you you know you don't want it to you don't want to fail yeah. and you don't want it to yeah. something i've noticed is people who smoke are generally good at networking yeah it's something they not just not just smoking not at the smoking place but just in general sorry so <laughs> cuz they're used to sort of approaching someone they don't know and stuff asking for a light <laughs> they used to that it's not a big deal for them yeah. uh, that's true yes yes i always see them huddled in this does not mean start smoking <laughs> yes yes, <laughs> so, yes please but yeah. Uh, but yeah i do agree like i think you should have a uh, relaxed not a casual but a relaxed attitude when you meet any investor or anybody who might be even a potential partner for your business or yeah. or uh, even say a supplier it's it's all the same you're pitching your business yep. uh, to different people it's not only investors i think you should have a relaxed attitude otherwise yeah. you know people can take advantage of mm. you yeah. or you know they might uh, perceive you in the wrong way yep. yeah yeah you don't want to come out as too late back yeah. and like i'm nailing this thing you know <laughs> um but have you and I'm, i'm curious to know if you've ever had someone come and pitch and their attitude was so bad that you didn't let them finish the pitch No, we never do that. No. Uh, okay, we, you we still like to we like to go through the whole pitch and sort of Okay. Uh, yeah, we like to see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you never know it might get interesting in the last minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I guess I was just curious as as to how much it is like in a VC's office, mm-hmm. how close it is to shark tank where it's like I'm out and like, you know, <laughs> like uh It's I, not like that. It's not like that. It's never it's like not. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, I'm expecting VC's want to know cuz this is sort of Yeah. Market research for a VC. They I think what happens with Shark Tank is just drama for television sake, but mm-hmm. like in reality most of the VCs are very helpful. Mm-hmm. They will give you suggestions yeah. about how to improve your business or what they think is, you know, potential problems in the business. They will advise you on what mm-hmm. to do. Uh they will probably if if they're not interested or uh, they might even you know say okay we are like we don't invest in these kind of things but maybe this guy might be interesting yeah. uh, there's a lot of yeah deal sharing that goes deal on sharing because uh, some other uh, like maybe one investor's portfolio might not be e-commerce or might yeah. not be transportation yeah. or whatever so they'll say oh this guy does that but they'll uh, generally be very uh, helpful i think that's very important for founders to know because the worst that can happen is you'll get to finish your pitch yeah. and you'll get some advice and maybe yeah. you'll be passed on to someone yeah. else yeah. or at least you'll know what you need to fix yeah. so they they shouldn't really be that much fear yeah. Oh. yeah we had one really interesting pitch where it was two college students these guys haven't even i think one of them graduated one day i'm not sure where they were but again really young sort of college startup it okay. had the whole vibe yeah. uh their pitch deck just was questionable and <laughs> great idea though okay. uh, it, it was a great idea and they sort of came into pitch and uh, it was it was nice it was a good pitch mm-hmm. we could see the passion but we couldn't sort of, we wouldn't we didn't invest mm-hmm. uh, but it was nice to see sort of the passion they had and the interest they had and mm-hmm. they they had missed off a few things 
but it wasn't like sort of shark tank where we sort of destroy them <laughs> yeah we we did and ask, kill their spirit <laughs> and will to live no but it it does end with us asking a lot of questions yeah and that's only to sort of enlighten the more so if a vc is spending time on you by giving you advice questions or sort of uh, yeah. passing you on to another vc they're interested but it's just not good enough or yeah. at the level that they can invest at or not yeah. the right time yeah not the right time as well so what what happened with these guys was they got advice and they sort of got a way to optimize their business we yeah. helped them out, well we sort of within the page itself there were questions that sort of helped them and yeah. uh, a lot of things cleared up and they understood what they need to focus on and they went away with that and uh, we we are totally okay with them coming back two months in show, to show us progress and sort of okay. show where they are now mm. and uh, yeah so okay. that's something that vcs are very open to it's okay to sort of come back once or twice right you, it's not going to be like come in every week then right. yeah. you know, it's sort of going to get weird but uh, maybe two three months in if your company is doing better and you've addressed sort of the issues that were brought up in the first meeting your first mm. pitch then yeah feel free to sort of stay connected with your investor for sure stay connected right. with an investor or a vc but from a vc vc perspective uh they we're totally okay with you coming back and pitching mm. yeah. but make sure you've made big progress enough, yeah. progress enough and leaps. big enough of a difference to sort of otherwise it's just going to be horrible it's just going to be like yeah. why are you wasting our time yeah, yeah. fair um, enough fair enough yeah and entrepreneurs need to be okay with sort of vcs refuting their ideas or sort of poking sure. holes and finding what's wrong because that's that's their job right they need mm. to figure out what's wrong with this business i just look at it as free advice you know like yeah. when when we like it's i'm not saying it's easy of course the vcs are tough they will yeah. question everything that you're doing every yeah. assumption everything even if they know it's right sometimes yeah. they just want to yeah. see what you think and why yeah. you why you going to um and it can be tough but every time i do it like i definitely learn something from that mm. experience or i get a new idea at least mm. so that's why uh, i like it you know it's a, even if you're not raising money you get some uh, yeah. business insights yeah. yeah yeah i think that's that's something uh, really cool so when entrepreneurs are able to turn it from a pitch to a brainstorming session yeah yeah it helps them a lot yeah. and it it's and it's, i think it's fun for the vc it's fun for the vc right. as well cuz every person in a vc more likely than not wants to be an entrepreneur eventually or has an entrepreneurial mind yeah. where they sort of think of ideas and say oh this can be done or that can be done right. that's yeah. why they are in a vc because right. they have that imagination which sort of where they understand business and they understand a startup right uh, so it's fun for them yeah. as well where they get to give their inputs and yeah and they get to feel like they're part of that business as well yeah. right yeah. so yeah cool so point number 9 Uh, yeah uh, number 9 would be this now this one's a little sketchy cause not, not sketchy but it's a little difficult for some startups cuz mm-hmm. it's basically highlighting your proof of concept okay. a lot of startups may not have a proof of concept or have a partial proof of concept but if you have anything make mm-hmm. sure you highlight it it might be like a small award you've received from somewhere okay. it might be just a little you know token of appreciation at a competition mm-hmm. it might just be just it could be any little thing but my mom sure. likes it <laughs> <laughs> this is like idea stage you're talking about uh i would say yeah, seed ideas. stage but even at an idea stage if if you've earned, made something out of it yeah even if you've won we're you talking about seed stage basically yeah, yeah. 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 if you so you've got some traction, traction yeah. some yeah. customers yeah. or yeah. awards or yeah. Yeah. Uh, for colleagues for example tashil the government service they are one of our clients and mm-hmm. they awarded us with the best customer service award right okay. and that sort of served as a huge uh, proof of concept where you know one of the biggest agencies but 
awarded us with that mm-hmm. sort of a title and then we had coke and dunkin donuts and these guys sign up with us right. uh, so things like that where your proof of concept will sort of show the investors that this is credible it's kind of validated. it works, working, yeah, yeah. validates it yeah i think that um it's a huge leap though once you have a proof of concept it's a big big difference cuz then yeah. this is like okay this will work this already works but it's already working it's already yeah working. but proof of concept for sure is i mean if you have it use it if you yeah. don't that's okay but if you have it don't miss out on it yeah don't waste this extra slide on your market research and fail to include a proof of concept cuz I mean it's it's just a game of balancing cuz you just have 10 15 slides like we discussed yeah. so you don't want to you know put six slides on market research and like one slide on your proof of concept no yeah. you want to sort of turn it the other way and have more about you concept. and your startup and your product and less mm. on sort of the market research and okay cuz those are not directly related whereas your proof of concept is mm. right. what your startup is yeah so yeah cool and uh, the 10th Uh, point. And the final point. The final point. <laughs> Number ten would be have solid utilization plans. So know okay. what you're gonna do with the investor or the VC's money. Right. Draw it out. Draw it down for them. We had one entrepreneur who sort of had his utilization plan to the sort of to the fills. So it was like ten thousand dirhams, two hundred and sixty-two. Uh, 10,262 dirhams 0.33 <laughs> I mean wow. it was an excel sheet that he just divided but yeah. it was nice to see that this guy has thought of this uh, yeah then there are some uh, startups with sort of add in a reserve amount mm-hmm. okay uh, it, now different VCs will perceive this differently mm-hmm. we would not recommend it uh, I think I what do you mean personal. by reserve amount so they like a buffer buffer so they'll raise yeah. 300,000 and then in the utilization plan it's only 270 okay. and then 30 years for sort of Uh, like, yeah. For parties, <laughs> <laughs> not for parties, but they sort of leave a leave a line where it's like um, you know uh, other expenses, yeah. sort of in case of potential needs and mm. stuff like that. Uh, it's sort of good to if you've sort of arrived that at that number with the calculation, yeah. Then by all means include it in your raise, okay. Mm. But don't sort of come up with a random. Oh, you know what? We may might as well just need need ten thousand dollars more. Yeah. Right. Don't sort of add it in that way. Sure. If yeah. you want to add a sort of buffer and a precautionary measure, then okay, yeah. okay. makes sense and be upfront about it. Yeah. But don't sort of it. It makes it look sketchy. It makes it look like wait, why does he need? Yeah. So yeah. what what the situation was that this person was raising three hundred thousand or four hundred whatever, yeah. not an actual number, three hundred thousand, and his utilization plan was for only two seventy. Okay. Yeah. And then till we had to go and ask him. Right. What about this thirty? It wasn't even added. It wasn't line mentioned. Item. Yeah, it wasn't. What about right. this thirty? It makes it look really dodgy. Mm. Uh, so you don't want to do that. Okay, but it's okay to say that we're we're looking to raise three hundred thousand dollars. Thirty percent will be used on this. Forty percent, like yeah, that's completely fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a basic but detailed now. No, I mean like. No, pitch, I get it. What yeah. I do is in the pitch deck, I include basics mm-hmm. like a you know thirty percent is going to be spent on this, or fifty percent on marketing, whatever. But then in the financials, I'll go deep. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like what are we like in terms of marketing? What are we going to spend on? Yeah. Or in human resources, what are we going to spend on? Yeah. And how much it might put cost? Like we've done mm. the breakdown. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Great. that helps having sort of. Uh, an idea of how much goes towards operations, how much goes towards marketing, and mm. th- just knowing that and having that new pitch deck is good. Yeah. But be ready with sort of mm-hmm. line by line breakdown. Okay. 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 Great. So that's all of our top ten mistakes <laughs> to avoid <laughs> when pitching to a VC. 
All right, guys. So I think uh, we're going to call this episode. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with Ajinkya, we leave his information in yeah. the uh, show notes. So you can reach out to him. We'll also uh, leave a link for ASA Ventures so you can see some of the companies that yep. they invest in, some of the things that they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, should people send you their pitch decks? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we'll leave some generic information uh, yeah. down there. I'm sure you'll be able to find uh, their email addresses. No, yeah, I think the website covers it. We've got a separate section. For yeah, yeah. Okay. so you can, you, you can use their website to submit. Or I'll drop the generic ID that the team uses, investments at ASA, and uh, then it can be through that, not to my personal. Okay. That'd be great. And, uh, and Don't you, flood Ajinkya's inbox. <laughs> we will give you an email address to send the pitch decks to. Yeah. 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 Follow the rules of the pitch deck. Alright guys, so if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to watch more videos like this. Yeah. We try to post at least once or twice a week. Um, if you're listening to us on the podcast, uh, we are available pretty much everywhere. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're also on Anchor. If you listen to us on Anchor, then you can actually leave us a voice note and we will answer your questions uh, on the podcast. So um, I think that's pretty much it. Yep, and keep on hustling. (laughs) Alright, see you guys. Bye.